The tongue is about 70% water, it's about 20% muscle, and, and it's about uh, 10% fat. Guys, on average, have a 70-gram size tongue. Women, you have a 60-gram size tongue. Maybe that's why we don't talk as much. I'm not really sure, but that's the reality uh, of who we are. That when, whenever you go to the doctor, I've, I've finally developed uh, you know, a doctor here, and so we've done exams, and every time he, he wants me to open up my mouth and look at my tongue, and I've asked him this question, why do you always do that? And the reality is, is that when you look at the tongue, you can actually see things. The tongue is actually an indicator of internal sickness. I don't know if you realize that or not. seems weird, because like when you're kids, you like you do it, that maybe they're looking to see if you got all your teeth. Um, but the reality is there, there are things that you can see by opening up your mouth and by looking at your tongue. Do doctors can look and they can notice things like uh, deficiency of iron or vitamin B12 or autoimmune disease in your GI tract or the health of your digestive uh, tract or liver. It can also be a sign of, of diabetes or even some oral hygiene problems in your life. Doctors can look into your mouth and tell if you're sick or not. It's crazy. And the reality is we talk about this today that, that Jesus basically says the same thing, that he can look into our mouths and he can tell whether there's infection or not in our own, in our own hearts. This is what he says in Matthew 15, 18. He says, but the things that come out of a person's mouth come where? Not from the mouth, not from the mind, from the heart. And these defile them. That's crucial. That's, that's, that's straightforward. Medical professionals will say, hey, you are what you eat. And, and to, to a big degree, that's really true. You are what you eat. Eat the right things and you're going to feel better. If you don't eat the right things, it's going to impact you. But Jesus is saying, you know what? You aren't just what you eat, but you are what you say. Matthew 12, 34, he says this, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. He's saying, hey, listen, if you want to know a little bit about your mouth and you need to put your hand on your chest and just feel that, that beating spot right there because whatever's coming out of here is coming from here. One writer said the tongue is the heart's microphone. So we're going to look at a chapter today in James chapter uh, 2 and, uh, and we're going to spend some time, I'm sorry, James chapter 3, we're going to spend some time looking at this specific thing that we're talking about today, the tongue. The tongue is critical for us. And, and my prayer is that God would have his way, uh, that he would speak to you. This is not the first time I've heard the sermon. I've been listening to it all morning as I've kind of wrestled through this and, and spoken through this. And so there's a lot of conviction in all of this if we will just simply give God his way, let him do what he wants to do in our lives. And so that's the, the prayer today. James is the half-brother of Jesus. James has written a book called James, and it's a letter to Christ's followers. And in every one of these five chapters, he talks about the tongue. All right, I'll just show you the first one, James 1, 19 and 20. Let me just say this. If you're married, if you have kids, if you have parents, if you are going to talk to another person today, this might be a verse that you should actually put to memory. James 1, 19, it says this. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Every one of you should be, and here it is, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Say that with me. Ready? Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. One more time. Quick to listen, slow to speak slow to become angry. And then it says, why? Because, because human anger does not bring about the righteousness that God desires for us. He starts with a general warning about our mouths, about how we talk, about how we live, about, about what we do in relationships. He says, you know what? You should listen a whole lot more and you should talk a whole lot less. And you know what? And you, and you, if you find in yourself this, this thing that's beginning to erupt inside of you and a lot of us deal with anger, then you know what? You need to probably close it because what happens is if you open up your mouth and it's this, it's this grenade with the pin pulled and it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to leave havoc on a lot of people. Quick to listen, 
slow to speak, slow to become angry. I just believe that, you know what, regardless of whether you're a Christian or not, whether you believe anything about Jesus or not, I believe that today's going to be really relevant, really practical for you. And, and, the, and, and if we just would do this, quick to listen, really slow at opening up this, and slow to become angry, how might that transform our relationships, our marriages, our relationships with our kids, students, your relationships with your parents? your teammates, your teachers, this church. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. I want to dive into James chapter 3. We're just going to read this whole passage to you. If you want to uh, take some time and just write down some things or, or circle some stuff that, that sticks out to you already, feel free to, and then we'll unpack it. James 3, 1 through 12 is where we're going to go. He says this. This is out of the gate. James says this. Not many of you should, should want to become teachers, my fellow brothers, believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Verse 2, we all stumble many ways. Anyone who uh, is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal, verse 4, or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great force is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by, by hell. All, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and our Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's image. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives, or can a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Let's unpack that together. Let's start off with just me. The first part of this today, it says this in your notes, teachers will be judged more strictly. Teachers, anybody who teaches God's word, not just me, not just anybody that's up on this stage, anybody that is at any stage in any capacity in our church, from a life group leader, from a core venue leader, from a, a student, leader, student ministry leader, life group leader, from a, a, a kids quest leader, whatever it is, if you're in a teaching capacity, here's what it says, teachers will be judged more strictly. I'm not afraid of a lot. This is one. I don't want that come to the principal's office, Scott Hatfield, Jesus wants to talk to you type of moment about your teaching. Hey, you taught on all the easy stuff. Hey, you taught on the things that people wanted to hear. Hey, you taught on the things that, that were somewhat quasi-difficult, but you didn't talk about the whole thing. No, no, God tells us, you know, listen, this is his word. It's complete. It's without error. And we have to teach the whole counsel of God. That's why I give you lots of passages every single week. That's why we go in lots of places every single week because I want to make sure that you understand text and context and supportive text. I want you to see the whole picture as we do this. In your notes, this is a short point, but it just kind of, I just want you to deduct this from this, especially if you're a Christ follower. We either believe all of the Bible or none of it. We either believe it for what it is or we don't believe any of it. 
We don't get to pick and choose. We don't get to cut and paste. We don't get to go to the buffet and, and take the things that we really like and, 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 and omit the things that we don't like. This is God's word. It is his authority, and we believe in biblical authority. If not, what are we standing on? So in this, we're going to then talk about the tongue today, James chapter 3. We're going to look at something that I think is really, really critical. And again, today is not about your neighbor, your spouse, your ex, your kids. You're the guy that lives a couple doors down from you. This is about you, and it's about me. Okay? In your notes, it says this, the importance of the tongue. We're going to talk about the importance of the tongue. James says this, James 3, 2. It says, we all stumble in many ways. If anyone is, is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man. Able to keep the whole body in check. What is that saying? It's saying, if you can get this in check, everything else is easy. This is the hardest part. We all stumble in many ways, but the person who can get this in check is a perfect person. You can, you can do this perfectly. In your notes, the tongue is small but powerful. The tongue is small but powerful. We've all heard this statement when we're kids. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And you know that it's, it sounds really good when a parent tells a kid that, but the reality is you know that that's not true. I've been hit with sticks, and I've, been, I've had words thrown at me, and you probably had the same thing. And you know what? The stuff with sticks and rocks, it heals up pretty, pretty quickly, a couple days. I've talked to spouses who've been physically abused. I've talked to spouses who've been emotionally and verbally abused. Which do you think lasts longer? They're both impactful. Neither should happen. But the reality is, it's, it's our words that sometimes people just carry with them. Not just for the next couple of years or to the end of a marriage or to the beginning of a second marriage, but sometimes for the rest of their lives. Joel Stoll says this, he's a, he's a professor, he says, this, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Adults polled said that they had never gotten over most, of, they have gotten over most of the physical pains of childhood, but many have never fully recovered from the hurtful words and names and labels that have been placed on them. Physical wounds heal just as the scars that we have, we can see those. But the verbal wounds frequently refuse to close, oozing pain, keeping us tender and vulnerable. We must be constantly aware of the words that that we have that they, because of carry impact. They will affect our children, our students, our spouses, our friends, our neighbors, and our business associates. So here's what James says in James 3, 3 through 8. He's now given us a metaphor of what this means and what it looks like about our, even though our mouths are really small, they're really, really powerful. It says when we put bits in the mouths of horses, they, we, we can make them obey us. We can turn the whole animal. Or we take ships as an example, although they are large and are driven by strong winds. They are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants it to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest fire, fire is, set, is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and itself is set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures have been tamed, but no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Not just your, your neighbor's mouth or somebody else's mouth or your enemy's mouth, but our mouths, if we're not careful, if they're not in check, if we don't have God's filter. This is us. He uses three quick examples, a bit, a rudder, and a spark. The first one is a, is a bit. I'm from Kentucky, and there's like horse farms everywhere in Lexington, and they treat horses better than they do people. A lot of times this picture is of Ny Nyquist. He was last year's Kentucky Derby winner. Here's the reality. That horse weighs 1,200 pounds. 
That jockey weighs under 126 pounds. That jockey is, is 10 times of jockey would be the equivalent of the size of that horse. And the reality is all he needs is a bit in that horse's mouth to tell him to go left or right, to slow down, to speed up, to, to, to go as fast as he possibly can just by a small bit. A rudder that controls a large ship. Most of us have been on boats, or maybe some of us have been on cruises. It is crazy to think that, as you think about rudders, rudders are about 3% the size of a, of a ship. And that little rudder, regardless of what size the boat, or, or how big the body of water, or how many people in it, can turn that boat any way it wants to go. A spark that sets on a great forest fire. James wants to drive home this point that it's, it's in the little things that we say, if we're not careful, that we will light fires and destroy things. I don't know if you remember what happened in November in Gatlinburg. There was a big forest fire, all the things that happened in the Great Smoky Mountains. 28,000 acres burned. The resources used to, to, to put out this, this amazing blaze were, were 800 firefighters from 40 states, 61 fire engines, seven helicopters, and five bulldozers just to get this fire finally out. The devastation and the damages in Gatlinburg were unbelievable. Upwards of $500, billion, $500 million. Fire destroyed 1,700 buildings, killed 14 people. And they found two juveniles that were responsible for starting this, this, this fire. It all started with a spark. James is saying, hey, listen, our tongues, just like that. Destroys relationships, classrooms, marriages, neighborhoods, workplaces, and churches. What's the point of all of it? We've got to be careful with, the, with, what, what, with what comes out of our mouths because if we're not, we can't unring bells. And those words are out there, and they land, and they feel, and they hurt. In your notes, Christ's followers' speech should be altogether different than those who don't know Jesus. Okay, let me say that again. Christ's followers' speech should be altogether different than those who don't know Jesus. doesn't mean that, you know, if you don't know Jesus, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't speak well, you shouldn't be kind. But listen, if you know Jesus... If you've experienced his love and you know his grace, you understand the depth of what he did for us on a cross. We should sound differently. We should talk differently. We should text differently. We should have different conversation. We, we should post things differently than, than the world. Because here's the reality. Sometimes it's hard to tell, right? It's hard to tell in my own life. It's hard to tell in other people's lives whether or not they truly follow God based on the things that they say, the stuff that they post, the things that they talk about, things that don't really matter. That's the reality. Look at what James says, James 3, 9 and 10. It says, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who are made in God's image. And then he says this, out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this shouldn't be. What that means is that with these mouths, many of us have said, I believe with all my heart that Jesus is the Christ. He's the Son of the living God. He's my Lord, my Savior, and my friend. And then at some point, in some juncture, we then gossip. We run down people. We talk about them behind their backs. James is saying, out of the same mouth, shouldn't be. It's, it's singing worship in your car. You've got music on and you're worshiping like crazy and somebody cuts you off and you lose your mind. You just start throwing F-bombs like crazy. You, and, and, and James is saying, hey, listen, out of the same mouth, Come blessing and curses. My brothers and sisters, it shouldn't be. 
You read God's word in the morning and then you get to work or you get to school and you, you listen to or you tell off-color jokes or you talk about inappropriate things with coworkers and people. Maybe you cuss out your spouse. Maybe you use your words as a sledgehammer to your kids. Or maybe you just listen to music that's totally inappropriate after you've just had time with God. James is saying, hey, have the same mouth? It shouldn't be. Maybe for you it's complaining all the time. Maybe you're constantly negative, you're excessively sarcastic. Maybe you blog and you blast people online, politicians that you don't buy into, restaurants that gave you horrible services or churches that you used to go, go to. Maybe church leaders or family members or ex-spouses or people even in this room. James is saying, hey, listen, shouldn't be. Using the Lord's name in vain. Oh, my God. OMG, Jesus Christ, GD. It's not what should come out of our mouths, our mouths, not from people who've been redeemed. Christians shouldn't be described as hate-filled or ugly or poisonous or negative or critical or divisive, regardless of where we stand on whatever issue is out there, regardless of what the Bible says. It doesn't mean that we should look or act or talk this way to people. Here's a question. I brought it up last week. I may bring it up every time. Jesus said, hey, listen, I'd like to pull you aside. I want to talk to you. And he said, hey, look, can we have a conversation about what's, what's on your social media? How would you feel right now? Or, hey, I want to talk to you about that conversation that you had this past week. And you know what? He didn't even have to say that person's name. How would you feel? Would your stomach drop? Would your heart stop, stop beating or start beating really, really fast? Because we shouldn't talk like that. Jesus says, out of the same mouth come blessing and curses. It's not the way grace-filled people talk. It's not the way those who are adopted into God's family should treat one another. It's not how you talk to people who've been made in God's image, who've been made in his likeness. It's not how my children speak to each other. It's not how they treat the world. That's what God would say. This point's for all of us. None of us have arrived. None of us have tamed the tongue. All of us have room to grow. This is an all-skate for everybody. So here's the question. What is it that God's saying to you right now? James gives him two more visuals. He says this. I want to, I want to talk about fruit, and I want, to talk about, I want to talk about water. He says this in James 3, 11 through 12. He says, can both fresh water and salt water come from the same spring? Answer? No. My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or can a grape uh, vine bear figs? The answer, no. Can neither a, a salt spring produce fresh water? Answer, no. Can't get salt water from kitchen spigot. You can't, get, can't go to the ocean and get fresh, clean water. It's going to have salt in it. It is what it is. They are what they are. See, you can go to Florida and go into an orange orchard and you can look for an apple, but you're not going to find one. You can go to the Washington State and go to an apple orchard and you can try to look for an orange, you're not going to find one. The, the tree and the fruit are the evidence. You can tell a tree by its fruit. And you know what? You can nail a bunch of apples to a fence post and it will not make it an apple tree. In conclusion, in your notes, word problems are heart problems. Word problems are heart problems. Whatever we say, it's not about what we say, it's about what's in here. Word problems are, are heart problems.
Jesus said, out of the overflow of the mouth, the heart speaks. Proverbs 18, 21. Used this last week. We'll see it every time in the series. The tongue can bring life or bring death. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Fight to control the tongue or it will wreck everything in your life. So here's the last thing we're going to do today. And I want you to sit still. I don't want you to get your phone out. I don't want you to talk. This is the last piece. We changed some things around on purpose for today. It felt like the Holy Spirit was telling us to do this. In your, in your outline, you should have gotten one of these. It is a, it's a reflection sheet, worksheet. If you didn't get one, then they've got one over there. We'd love to get you one if you don't have one. Here's all we're going to do okay, today. Right? Thank you for grabbing those and being attentive. I appreciate that. I don't want us to be big on information. We all know, okay? We all know. But I want us to begin to ask God to, to reveal what he wants to reveal inside of us. Not your neighbor, not your spouse, not your ex, not your friends, not the people in your life group, but you. What is it that God is saying to you? What is it that he's speaking to you today? And so in this, you've got a front page. And it's got just some, just some circles, some spheres of relationships. In that, you see your spouse. You see your children. You have parents, right? Regardless of what age you are, your friends, the church. Could be not just this church. It could be somebody from another church that you've got issues with. Could be somebody in your life group. Could be somebody in your work or at school. Could be something on social media. It could be an enemy. Could be an ex. Somebody that hurt you. An ex, ex spouse. Could be somebody that used to be a friend, claimed to be a friend. Someone that, that, that just wore you out, wore you down. And then on the side there, you'll see all these different ways destructively we use our mouths to hurt, wound, destroy. So here's the deal. There's not really a whole lot of things I can tell you about. You can draw lines to some of these circles if you want to. You can come up with names of people. I don't know what God's going to reveal, but I simply wanted to provide some places, some space for you to be able to do that. And on the back side, these are the key questions. We're just going to begin this, this conversation with God today. We're not going to finish it in five minutes, but we will be done in five minutes. But here it is. I'm going to put a video on the screen. It means nothing to you. Don't worry about it. It's just going to be words, all right? Um, but for you, here are the questions. What is God saying to you right now? What's he saying to you? What needs confession? When I say confession, meaning you've got to take this to the Lord and go, Hey, Lord, I'm sorry. I want to repent of this. And repent simply means I'm going to turn away from my sin and I'm going to tor- turn toward the goodness and the grace of God. And, and, I, and I want him to cover me, forgive me, restore my heart, give me a new heart. So that when temptation comes again, you know, I'm, 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 gonna, I'm not going to go back down that road. I'm going to choose God's best in these relationships because of, because of the things that I say matter. What action steps do you need to take today? And then there's one more because the reality is, you know what? We're not going to be able to band-aid it. What are some things you need to do this week? Maybe this month? Maybe this year? I want to thank you for beginning this dialogue with God. It is not an easy one to begin to think about the relationships and people and the fact that we talk a lot and we say things that we don't always mean and we say things sometimes that are super, super hurtful. And so my encouragement for you is just this is the beginning of a dialogue. It's not the end of a dialogue. It's just the beginning of a dialogue with God that I hope that you'll have today, tomorrow, asking God just to reveal what is it that he wants to reveal in you. Sometimes we think spiritual maturity is about uh, what we know. I have so much knowledge about the Bible. I have so much knowledge about who God is. But, but I love what Alec Mortier says. He says, the control of the tongue is more than evidence of spiritual maturity. It is the means to spiritual maturity. 
And I want to encourage you to continue to have an ongoing conversation with God about just the way that we talk, the way that we use our words so that we can honor him. I want to encourage you to have a, a conversation with a trusted Christ follower, somebody that you trust, someone that you believe will hold you in confidence. Maybe it's your life group to say, hey, listen, I'm struggling with this. Help me. Would you, would you just ask me questions and encourage me to, to move beyond this? I don't want to keep saying this. I don't want to hurt people. I don't want to hurt people in my life that, that, that I care about, that I love. James says this. It says, confess your sins to each other so that you might be healed. So we need relationships. We need people who are Jesus with skin on so that we're able to actually accomplish the things that God wants us to accomplish. Last thing is this. Do whatever it is that God's asking you to do. Some of you may need to pick up the phone today to somebody. Maybe it's a, it's, a, it's a relative that you haven't talked to in a long time. Maybe you need to start today with just an apology to somebody. Maybe today you need to just lay some stuff down and go, hey, listen, I wasn't perfect in this deal at all. Asking God to reveal what it is in your heart, what it is that you need to do, what is it the part that you need to own, and then just go and do it. Whatever God is asking you to do, it's an old hymn that we always used to sing. It's called Trust and Obey. Just trust him and obey him because it's enough. You got one of these uh, tongue depressors? Here's the deal. You got a pen or a marker to go with it. Take it with you. For you, I don't know what that is for you that you need to write down. Maybe it's a struggle. Maybe it's a scripture. Maybe for you, you need to write, you know what, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, and you stick it in your Bible or you stick it uh, on the visor of your car or you stick it somewhere in your office so that you remember, you know what, that our words have power. And we want God to be honored through the things that we say and the things that we do. Thanks so much for being here. I'll pray and close this out. And uh, listen, if you have uh, any questions about what it means to follow Jesus today, uh, we don't want you to leave here without knowing some of the answers to some of those questions. We would love to help you in any way that we can. Jesus came to forgive us. And listen, he loves us just the way we are, but he refuses to let us stay that way. His grace is enough for you. And so if you're struggling with what that means and what that looks like, we would love, we'd be honored to have a conversation about what that means so that you can know him, walk with him, go public with your, with your faith and be baptized to walk with him and, and call yourself a Christ follower. Thanks so much for being here. Let me pray and uh, we'll get out of here. Lord, we love you. And uh, God, we don't want to be people that uh, confuse the message of the gospel. God, we want to be people that are grace-filled and it reaches down not just into our hearts and our minds but also through the words that we speak. God, thank you so much for this reminder that James has. What, a, what an amazing chapter just to look at. What a convicting passage of Scripture that, God, I just pray that you would allow your Holy Spirit to speak to us and have your way so that we might be the people that you long for us to be. God, we don't want to be people that hurt people, hurt your cause, hurt people in our lives. God, we want to be people that, 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 that build people up, that encourage people, that... Uh, that that, that, that strengthen people, uh, move people toward you and toward uh, growth in you. God, may you just have your way in our, in our lives today, in our marriages, in our relationships, in our families. God, whatever it is that you're calling us to do, may we be people that just obey you and trust you. We love you, Lord. It's in your name that we pray. All God's people said. Amen. Have a great week. See you next week.